0: Welcome back to Sky Sport Radio on a Monday morning for the first of our extended on the paces. From now on Monday morning, starting at 10.30, or just after today, we're going to have a half hour of harness racing information for you, some of it based in New South Wales, some of it based around the best horses and the issues around the industry. Today, we're going to be joined by Jack Trainer, by David Moran, the man who trains lock and bar art, and by the boss, of harness racing, New South Wales, in John Dummasy. Jack Trainer is the first person to join us this morning, though. Jack, and Jack, thanks for taking time to join us on the first extended on the pace on a Monday morning, mate. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, thanks, Mick. I'm looking forward to it, mate. Uh, pretty exciting time for you. You and, and Jason Grimson, who you're working alongside at the barn at Manangle there, are training regular winners. Um, we spoke to you about three or four months ago about what you hoped to achieve. Um, there seems to be more horses coming into the barn, but the main reason we got you on this morning is um, one of them is a very, very good horse. The New South Wales Oaks winner from last season, stylish Memphis is being sent to Sydney and you're going to be the trainer. Yeah,
1: that's right. Nick, um, obviously it is very exciting news. And um, like you said, me and Jason have uh, been working alongside one another for a while now, trying to build a bit of a team and, um, the quality of horse that we've been receiving seems to be getting better and better, and which makes our jobs a lot easier. And um, obviously, we're very proud of the results that we're getting. And um, yeah, for Mark Jones and owner Wayne Hicks to um, give us the opportunity to train a mare in Stylish Memphis, we're very grateful of it and um,
0: excited to take on the challenge too. How did this come about? Because obviously, last season Mark trained her in New Zealand, but Mark Purden took her over to run second into Victoria Oaks and then went the New South Wales Oaks. How has she ended up with Jay Trainer next to her name?
1: Um being probably been quite persistent, um, that Mac, I to be quite honest, I started harassing Mark Jones a fair while ago and um and, and told him to start looking at um, some options for getting her over here for the ladyship. But um While Amazing Dream's name was in the picture, he was sort of a little bit against it, which is um, obviously understandable. And um, then when I heard the news of Amazing Dream not coming, I just um, probably put a bit more pressure on Mark and probably just wore him into submission, to be honest. So obviously he's uh, discussed with his owner and they've looked at the dates and um, set up a little bit of a plan. And um, yeah, obviously now they've got their heads together and thought it would be a good idea to send her over. So yeah, I think just, Persistence is the key here.
0: Okay. When does she turn up? Because I presume the goal is the ladyship mile. So she's going to need to get here in the next couple of weeks to make one of the preludes to qualify for the race.
1: Yes, yeah, she is. Back. Um, she's going to trial in Auckland next week. Um, she'll fly over on the 1st of February. And she'll look at probably... We'll end up probably trialing her the following week um, just to get her accustomed to the Menangle track and racing style again. And then the first first qualifiers for the Ladyship Mile start on the 13th and the 20th of uh, February. And then hopefully if all goes well there and um, everything's going to plan, the big finals on the 27th. So, yeah, she she lands on the 1st of February.
0: Mate, a lot of New Zealand horses come to an angle. I've tended to find, apart from the very low-grade horses, but it doesn't matter too much, the Kiwi horses seem to struggle to adapt to the very quick miles, the 150s, 51s, and 52s, until they've had two or three runs. A, is that how you found it? B, how do you get around that?
1: Yeah, I think that I think that's a fair comment, Mick. Um, I think it shows in the racing pattern when they come over, probably for these bigger races. Um, it's a very funny style of racing, Menangle. It, it's, it's nothing like New Zealand racing, not even comparison to it say, a track on the same circumference like Ashburton. The racing is just so different. We go hard early, sometimes don't even come up for a breather in the middle, and then they're expected to run blistering quarters late, especially if, when you're up on the tired braid. So it's definitely something that the horses um, get more used to the longer they're here. Obviously, with this mare, she's been here before and has obviously um, proven herself on the track, so she's uh, already got somewhat of experience here, but yeah, training her on the track is probably going to be a bit of a key too, and that just that one trial where we can sort of wind her up a bit and make sure she's ready to go for that first um, qualifier, that will probably help too. But yeah, I think that's a very fair comment of what you say. They do seem to take a bit of time to get used to the style of racing.
0: She's at least as good as most of them, Jack, but what do you make of her against a horse like um, Better in Force, was very good um, on... Saturday night, and she just looks a big, strong, intimidating mare.
2: Yeah,
1: so she's obviously the um, top mare here at the moment, um, Nick, and she's very dominant. Um, there's a couple of other nice mares around in New South Wales at the moment, but no disrespect to them. There's probably no star mares other than better and force. Uh, she seems to be able to bully her way around in the field a bit and seems to um, – she does it tough and earns her wins, but she – she just seems to have the wood on them at the moment, so to get a horse like um, stylish Memphis over here, it's going to be very interesting on how she um, stands up against her. But yeah, I'd expect her to be able to go with her, and I'd, I'd say the draws and the who gets the better run will play a major part. I, I don't think there'd be much between them two mares in ability.
0: By right, talking about Saturday night, you, you took Marcola to what was basically the free for all there on. Saturday night, you went theft. Um, I was reading the start report. You got fined a thousand for unacceptable whip use. Now, a couple of things. First of all, I know the whip rules have changed and the drivers have to move with that, but Jack, a thousand dollars seems a lot of money.
1: Yeah, it's left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, Mick. Um, obviously, the rules are in place, I suppose, and uh, I suppose at this day and age, harness racing is coming under a bit of pressure from. Um, animal activists and things like that this is the world we're living in but yeah it's something that i feel strongly needs to be looked at i think the what we're getting fines to the maximum profit of what we could actually earn is is well out of proportion um i also think that the consistency of the fines are probably a bit off especially in new south wales i think um they pick and they pick and choose a bit who they want to target and on what night but yeah $1000 is a, a big sum of money to anyone that and um if you looked at the horse after the race, he didn't have a single stripe mark on his bum. So, yeah, you know, it is disappointing that we're getting to like that. But at the same time, like I mean, there's just nothing you can do about it. There's, there's no um, further or higher body to talk to about it. It's just
0: we've got to follow the rules, and that's it. Is it a case for drivers like yourself, or all drivers, I suppose, that? you have to start thinking before you go to the races, right, under no circumstances I'm going to go past this or I'm going to take my shoulder back or I'm going to take my hands off the reins. Is it something you need to keep reminding yourself about because obviously you've been driving one way for most of your life and now this has changed and that's not just you. That's pretty much everybody who sits in the sulky. Yeah, that's right. And obviously it's it's
1: always in your mind, Mick, but as... um I'm sure I speak on behalf of all drivers. We're all obviously a competitive. We're in a very competitive sport, and we're only trying to do the right thing by the owners and the punter too. And I, I know that if I was a punter sitting in a pub, I'd be wanting to see my my driver get um, you know give his horse the best chance and and try and push it all the way to the line. I think that the whip rules are getting ridiculous now. Um, you know, I know it's part of the excitement and that is, is seeing the close finish and watching the you know aggression of your drivers. So. Yeah, it's something obviously you have to think of, but getting caught up in the moment and trying to do your job, is, is, you know, I think that the shields need to understand that this, this can happen and that we're only human and that being punished
0: in penalties like that is probably ridiculous in my eyes. Like yesterday on a, on a Bridal Night, you went to Goulburn and you took out the second on the car of Hollywood Rookie, who may not be the best horse in the barn, but it's another win for Jason and a win for you. It's, it's got to the stage now where when punters, see Jason Grimson's name, or they see Jack Trainer with these horses, your strike rate's really good, and, and people are keen to back them. The horse paid a dollar twelve yesterday. Can you sort of feel that? Can you feel the fact that people are now starting to follow you and that you're starting to build some of these?
1: Yeah, I think so, Mac. Obviously, it's um, no added pressure on us. It's just, um, you can obviously cow in the market, I think, that's not... Um it's a fair comment to say that the stable runners get well supported a lot of the time, but we don't really take any notice of that, Mick. We're just happy it means that people are trusting that we're doing the right job and have got the confidence in us to place their wages on it as far as that's concerned. So, yeah, it's, obviously it's nothing to do with me and Jason, but, um, yeah, these short price horses are only due to the results that are coming up, I believe.
0: Mate, you might have a couple more to row for ones you're driving yourself. You've got every second counts. At Menangle, uh, Race 2, you've got Foxtrot Hills, a horse I really like in Race 3, Outrageous Owl, Young American. For those who are looking to have a bit tomorrow, because of course there's no harness racing in New South Wales today, what's your best chance or chances of a winner tomorrow, Jack?
1: Yeah, I think you got it right, Mick. I think that Foxtrot Hill, I've only driven her the one time um, for a win last start, and She showed good gate speed and she reeled off a really fast last half too. So she's a trotting mare that I've got quite a bit of time for now. And um, I think she finds herself
0: in a nice race. So she probably looks to be my best chance. Mate, your career is going ahead in leaps and bounds. You've been given a a Group 1 horse and a New South Wales Oaks winner to look after coming up shortly in Stylish Memphis, mate. So congratulations on how it's going for both you and Jason. I know it's a quasi-partnership between the two of you. Thanks for being our first guest on the extended on the pace here on a Monday morning, mate, and we're looking forward to seeing you take on better in force over the next month or so.
1: Yeah, great. Thanks very much,
0: mate. That's Jack Train, a young guy who, along with Jason Grimson, is making good inroads into harness racing, uh, getting a bigger team around them. They don't have an enormous amount of horses around them, so post-sales, there might be some room for them. One man who's got not only a good team of horses, but maybe the best horse in Australia, maybe Australasia, is David Moran. David joins us on the phone. Um, David, good to have your company this morning, mate. It must be nice to win the hometown cup at Chippenden on Saturday with Lock Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good to be on Mick. Thanks for having me. that no, was, uh, was a very good weekend, and um, yeah, no, it's, it's always
3: good to win your hometown cup for
0: sure. Look, usually these, these country cups seem to be competitive, but usual barrier one. You're paying a dollar four. To be honest, David, watching it at home, it was like watching a trial.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it um yeah it was. I guess, you know, like the, the they're always uh they're always a twenty six hundred meter stand start race where generally a horse like um like him would be probably off twenty or thirty meters, which obviously makes it more competitive racing and, and better turnover and whatsoever. But um that's all changed now and um and we got the draw, so we were uh, more than happy.
0: But at the highest level you don't get too many easy kills. Clearly he had won the victory at the start before as well. Is it a case where you're happy just to bag those wins, take them, get the money, do the right thing by the owners, and then move on without having to hurt the horse? Because there's going to be races coming up, I'm sure, around the corner, like a 100 cup, which might take a bit more out of it.
3: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's been a bit of a topic that well, I've spoke to a few people over the last couple of days. And, um, you know, he probably could have gone a couple of seconds quicker the other night pretty comfortably, but um, but... He uh, yeah, he's got the Ballarat Cup coming this week, which is another 2700 metre race, and then obviously the grand finals uh, ten days later, which is the same thing, which is over the longer trip. So it was just more about, um, yeah, you know, it was more about uh, getting around safe and, and looking after him without without giving him a complete gut when he when he got that draw.
0: Mate, it's it's a long season. It was an awfully odd, unusual racing year last year when you had your the grand final the big bread, you know, after a Victoria Cup and it was on New Year's Eve and now you're back into hunter cup preparations. How does he handle it? Like week in week out, when he comes off the track, does he walk good? Is he there, there any issues there? Is he a horse who has muffled or is he a horse who as it appears to an outsider, it's pretty much rinse and repeat. You take him out, he does what he needs to do and he goes back to the barn. Yeah,
3: that's exactly that's exactly him, Mickey uh He's very easy going sort of fellow. He, um, you know, we we stay on top of him like like most people would with the with the good ones. Um, you know, there's nothing that he doesn't sort of miss. He has a he has a guy um, that comes and looks after him after his back and all his muscle soreness and that every single week. Um, he's here again first thing today and and prepping him up sort of thing. So yeah, so he, you know, he's not a high maintenance horse, but you know they're all they're all high maintenance to a degree when they race at that level. So. Um, and you know, I he just he goes out there and does his thing he likes racing week to week and, and he tends to back up better, you know, he, he looked better he looked better yesterday um, than what he did Saturday.
0: But you've got two clashes with King of Swing potentially coming up, the first one on the Hunter Cup. Are you confident you could do what you did in the Victoria Cup which has come from behind the King of Swing to beat him? Or are you thinking you'd just like to draw in front of them and stay in front of them and take it out of the equation? Yeah, well, the ladder's always the
3: better option. Um, I do think he's a horse. He, he does race good. You know, it doesn't matter where he is, sort of thing. He, he he's, he's, You know, he's very good with the sit and he can do it tough also. But, you know, like if you, if you could um, be gifted the front, you know, and have him outside you, yeah, it would, it would definitely be a better option. But um, it'll be, and I'm just sort of happy. It doesn't really matter either way. But, um I'm not. I'm not confident that he can that he can sit outside and beat him, mate. You know, over the distance in you know, a hundred cup, but it just depends how it all works. You know, if both got to do work to get round him, or you know, if he's got to do work to find the front, or vice right versa. So it just uh, really depends on how the race plays out.
0: David, you mentioned to us on the show a couple of weeks ago that you were considering because of the ownership group taking him to the Newcastle Mile on February nineteenth to qualify for the Miracle Mile via that path. Is that still on the table?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's on the table at the moment. Um, yeah, Kevin Gordon and his wife and family—they're—they're they're all from Newcastle, though so they're probably ten minutes from the track there. So it's something—it's a race that they've always wanted to win, and they're always unsure whether they get one good enough to, to sort of compete in it, let alone you know um, be a real factor in winning. Um, so that's that's the path at the moment, just providing he get through with these other races okay, and how he pulls up, and and where we're situated. Um, and then I guess it just depends a little bit with the borders restrictions and things like that. If he goes, you know, I think it's two weeks before the miracle mile or might even a little bit more. Um, just sort of depends on how it all works and how we're gonna how we're gonna work around it. Um, you know, if we come home and and uh, quarantine restrictions and all that sort of stuff, we it's just something that's gonna play a big part that we probably change it week to week and we probably don't know much
0: more until it comes to that time. Mate, we're enjoying watching him. It's a lot of fun. You've been great with the media. You're looking after your whole super buddy, um, mate. Good luck for lives ahead. Ballarat Cup, Hunter Cup, maybe Newcastle Mile, or maybe the Miracle Mile. Uh, thanks very
3: much,
0: next. David Moran, who has Lock and bar up, maybe, maybe the best horse in Australia. I suppose the big challenger is King of Swing. Victoria versus New South Wales. We get to see a couple of versions of that in the next couple of weeks or a couple of months. And the Miracle Mile, of course, the biggest of those, the only million-dollar race in Australia. John Dumas, is the boss of Harness Racing New South Wales. John, it must be exciting to think that's the only million-dollar race. You guys have got it here at Clubman Angle, and we're going to have lock and bar up. This is ping of swing. But what's probably, John, going to be a grand final for the Open Class season, for this half of the year anyway, probably uh, early March, is going to be the big one.
2: It certainly is, Uh, and the Miracle Mile, at at the million dollars, well, I suppose it holds that that mantle of having the most prize money, but it's interesting with the change now that we've entered into, the change of the racing season, that we will have to revisit these uh, as we go forward. But uh, the Miracle Mile, it'll it'll be a wonderful event. Of course, we're under the shadow of of COVID and whatever protocols and restrictions are in, in place there, but we're still very confident that the horses will be here, can be here, and it'll be a great race.
0: John it's not just about obviously Miracle Miles even though that's the big dance, we've we've got a really great carnival of cups going on at the moment and yesterday Goldwyn was good, it was was won by a good horse in Alto Orlando but there was excellent support racing for big money we saw a couple of smaller stables able to win some of those major support races, we go through uh, Tamworth coming up the Golden Guitars on this Sunday and June E with a couple, we've got Plenty of really good things in the regions which can say to people, hey, harness racing's your industry as well. And yes, the Miracle Mile might be at an angle, but there's plenty going on if you want to
2: get involved. Well, the Carnival Cups, Goldman um, put on a great show yesterday. Uh, Alvaro Orlando won the, the uh, Frank and Edna Day Cup, but he wasn't that dominant that any of the others weren't competitive. And you're right. Other races were won by uh, across-the-board a uh, fair few trainers. Tamworth was interesting, um, very interesting last night with the Golden Guitar. It's a time honoured race. Um, that the double ups with, at Tamworth for the final, which is next Sunday, is that um, Jeff Harding has two runners, Cameron Davies has two runners, and Amanda Turnbull has two runners in that thirty thousand dollar final. So that'll be a great event. And then of course tomorrow night Juni hold heats into their sixteen thousand dollar cup, which is next Monday. So the racing is there. It's it's about country racing, but um, these good race meetings, these tab, carnal, cups meetings, they do draw from all, all regions and um, it's a very competitive um, affair when, they, when they're on.
0: COVID brought lots of restrictions into harness racing, John. One of them was callers not being able to go to some of these far away meetings. They basically had to call from in the studio, predominantly at Sky. From February 1, uh, good news, sounds like guys like Craig Easy and... Brandon Krimmerberg and Michael Dummerzy, Matt Jones, Alan Wallop, these people are going to be back on track calling these races. And I'll be honest, John, I, I like them when the callers are on track. I think it adds something more to the coverage.
2: Oh, it certainly does. And and we were we were pushed into there to a certain extent by the COVID and wanting to protect our industry. Uh, tyranny of distance with getting these callers from place to place. But that, from February one, ninety nine percent of the time, uh, callers will be on course. That same score, caller will be... Broadcast across Sky, but we've got you know we've got Phil Phil Roberts up in Newcastle. He'll become the permanent caller there. Uh, Freddie Hastings, he's our number one caller, of course, and he's he's right across the metropolitan area. But he will still be doing some major uh, carnivals, such as the Bathurst Gold Crown and um uh, Cahill. He he'll be doing the Northwest for us. So we have callers back on course, and um, it, it's been frustrating for many with the technical issues that we've come across. But now we're back on course. It um, it will be good. A COVID um, staying
0: out of our lives, of course. Yeah, let's hope so. John, the
2: Breeders' Challenge
0: obviously last last year underwent a couple of major changes. It was bumped once and then twice because of COVID and the travel restrictions around that. It actually turned out to be a wonderful series and worked out really well. Uh, There's an opportunity now for industry participants to, to give their comments on what they would like to see it look like and what they think of the potential changes heading forward. How would somebody who feels involved in that go about making submissions about the Breeders' Challenge Commission?
2: Oh, it's rather simple. Michael, just go to our our webpage, uh, click on, on the carousel, Breeders' Challenge um, 2021 uh, proposed race conditions. Work through them. Uh, if there's anything there that um, someone can see that um, could could be dealt with, well, certainly make a written submission. It's all, all there on the website to find them. Um, it, it's interesting. Um, we... We learned from last year. Of course, we had to learn because it was something we had to cobble together uh, to just run that series. But um, it's a good series in in that last year with what we did, every single horse that nominated for a heat in the major series got a run. Now, sometimes horses travel from region to region because we had that lifted, but it's about giving every horse a chance where they can. And um, I just strongly encourage people, have a look. And have a comment. It's better being uh, proactive than reactive. Once we sign off on these things,
0: well, there's no point. if You're not going to get involved in the conversation, moaning if you don't like the result. And John, we mentioned the Miracle Mile at the start of the section with you. Obviously, it, it's the big dance, and, and these things can come around pretty quickly. Uh, what sort of atmosphere and build-up can we can we expect for things like the Newcastle Mile, and the Chariots uh, Fire, and, and, and the sprints leading up to the Miracle Mile? How can we go about building some hype around those on Sky and on the other platforms?
2: Well, we're certainly uh, going to have plenty of hype on Sky. The Barrier Drawers, the Newcastle Mile and the Chariots of Fire, they will be live on Sky, 9.30am in the morning on Tuesday the 16th. So the connections and people interested in the draws, will be able to see them. And then the following week, the Sprints and the Ladyship Mile, they'll be live at 9.30 on Sky, Sky 1 also. So it, it, that's what we... How we'll involve people, and of course, the Miracle Mile barrier draw. It will be shown live on on the on the from the track after the field is selected about 10 p.m. at night. Maybe a bit late, but but that's about building the atmosphere because we really don't know. We're we're dealing with crowd capacities that can change um, simply by an outbreak somewhere so so easily. So we've got to get the hype out there so people can, at least can watch it on Sky if um, we can't have them on track. Now, at the moment, we can have them on the track. Um, We were so fortunate with the Breeders' Challenge. We had about 2,000 people there at that day. And what we're seeing since crowds have been coming back, a great crowd at Goulburn um, yesterday, really good crowd, super crowded tomorrow the week before. Tamworth. I, uh, you would have seen the crowd on on course last night. Anyone that watched Sky, and it was a very solid crowd for, for Tamworth on the Sunday night. So it's about bringing crowds back, but we're we're still under the the uh, the shadow of what COVID may do to us.
0: Enjoying the cups, carnival, Jonathan. Great fun, mate. Thank you for joining us this morning for the first of the extended on the paces. And um, we'll be talking to you most Monday, John. Thank you, Michael. John Dalmacy, the boss of Harness Racing New South Wales. We also thank Jack Trainer and David Moran. We hope you enjoyed that half an hour of harness racing coverage. If you're looking for a bet on the harness horses today, it's Yarra Valley in Victoria, Globe Derby in South Australia, and Pinjarra, Hover, and WA. No New South Wales today, but we double up tomorrow with Menangle and Junie, where they have the heats of the Air Cup coming up. That's on the pace on a Monday. Hope you enjoyed it after this short break. Back with Sky Sports Radio's racing coverage for your Monday morning.